0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Ladies and gents, boys and girls, Wednesday, February the 8th, 2023. What is going on? Hope you're doing well. Chris Phillips here, The Daily Crow. Of the Spurs Up show, appreciate you all tuning in. And yes, let's get it out of the way. No hat today. Got to keep you guys. We've got the golf merch rocking here. I'm fully golfed out. We're going to be playing later today, but figured I'd just switch things up for you here on a, uh, here on a Wednesday. Why not? I, I feel like there's some people on the internet that wonder what I look like without a hat on. So here we are. Again, appreciate you all tuning in. I see Bruin Nation, Austin Gregory, Todd Smith, Ronnie Pace, John Edward Gadd, Super Bowl Junior, Trabby. Uh, let's see. Hunter Kelly, what is up? Appreciate you all tuning in. Jimmy Mendio, what's going on? What's going on? Yes. Yeah, we got the golf fit going. Again, appreciate you all tuning in. Um, uh, Like I said, a lot to get into. And we're taking your questions, your comments, your calls, 843-790-337. That's 843-790-3377. Of course, guys, as always, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepix.com. Use the promo code TSUS to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, you can play anything and everything college sports, pro sports. Of course, by the way, the Super Bowl is on Sunday. You need to gamble. You need to play. You have picks you want to get in. You want to make some money. Prize picks is the way to do it. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Bobby, I'm not quite 35, but I appreciate the sentiment either way. Um, And again, yeah, like I said, I just normally rock hats because we sell hats. It's merged. You know, it's funny. Two years ago, almost. Uh, not really to the date, but April of 2021. I'll never forget when merch really started to pop off, right? And it was thanks to Beamer Ball and some other collections, Suck, other collections we had. But the point is this, you know, I, I started to realize, you, you guys might have noticed over the history of the course of the business, and if you didn't, if you're newer, right? But if you go back and look at our videos, uh, you know, in my live show, the Daily Crow stuff like that, you'll see me wearing, like, just baseball hats and T-shirts and random clothes, right? What have you. April of 2021, I go out in Columbia and I'm rocking the black Beamer Ball trucker hat. And that night when I was out, I had like five people ask me about the hat. They're like, dude, where can I get that? That hat is so sick. That hat's so dope. And I had business cards right at the time. Of course, I still do, but i just gotten business cards. So I started giving them out. I sold like five or six hats that night. And it just kind of clicked. I realized I was like, I'm a walking billboard for my merchandise, right? <clears throat> I'm a billboard for the merch. So that's why you started to see me, and that's why I do And I love rocking my own merch, obviously, but uh, that's why I rock the hats a lot because people like hats, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've rocked the Clem Sucks hat on the live show, made clips, Created content with that on, and like you sell that. It's it's again, it's uh, it's a beautiful thing, really, truly, when you think about it. But, anyways, kind of beside the point. Just thought thought we'd switch it up today, guys. By the way, this right here um, that I'm rocking. So I, I, I and this is going to be accomplished tonight. Hold me to it. It's on my calendar now. I do apologize. I do apologize. It's on my calendar. I've been teasing it a couple of times. I just haven't gotten around to it. But so this right here, this is the Adidas quarter zip that I was talking about it is fire ladies and gents it is fire we got the bar logo I'm going to make some with Beamer Ball Beamer Rattler Clem sucks uh ass kicking chicken I mean everything you can think of also underneath I've got the Adidas the polo the Beamer Rattler polo we got the full golf merch going so I'm telling you this stuff I mean it's it's this lightweight material it's really really nice for all my golfers out there Everybody who wants polos, everybody who wants golf apparel, you want it for the tailgate, what have you, this stuff is phenomenal. I know it's not Under Armour, but Adidas is pretty badass also. So I will drop it on social media when I get it all uploaded. I'm going to do it tonight. Hold me to it. Hold me to it. It's going to happen tonight. I'm going to get it done. I apologize that we have not got it completed to this point, but uh, it's going to get done tonight. So again, I promise you that's going to happen. I've got it on my calendar, but uh, really excited for our golf merch. Um, Really, really excited for our golf merch. Again, any of you guys that want polos, whatever. And again, if you've got some suggestions, right, I'm going to upload all of our most popular designs. Uh, Ronnie, we'll have the quarter zip in white, black, and gray, which I tell you, the gray is a really nice, like like a sport heather gray, whatever you call it. It's like that lighter gray. It's a really, really nice color. Uh, I'm going to get a gray one. I I only have this white one right now. Heck, I need to make the golf merch for me, right? (laughs) Because this is all I have. All I got was this polo and this quarter zip, and I absolutely love it. So, um, if you guys have any suggestions for designs, I'm going to upload the most popular ones off the top of my head. Again, the Beamer Rattler we've already got up there. Clem sucks, Beamer Ball. uh, You know, probably the ass-kicking chicken head, because I really like that one. trying to think of what else. Um... Yeah, anyways, you guys have any other suggestions? Anybody, any any that you can th- – Big Cock Club, of course, for all my BCC members. Uh, yeah, so, anyways. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel, be sure your questions are answered there. Gad. Yeah, it's it's really, really phenomenal stuff. I, the golf stuff is the, – the quarter zips fire. The polos are fire. Again. I've got the Beamer Rattler 23 po- – I could probably just do this. I've got the Beamer Rattler 23 polo on under this. You see this? Like, look like at that. That's – that's sick. It's absolutely sick. So, anyways, it's golf season. It's officially golf season. Hey, the uh, the Phoenix Waste Management Open or whatever is this weekend. I and I and I've said it a couple times in the podcast. If you guys have listened, I I'm just I'm in I'm in full golf mode. Like I I'm I'm literally playing almost every day. So and I, and I think I told you guys I'm either playing every day or not at all. Right? I mean I've been wrecking the driving range. I found a course up here in Greenville that I really really like. That's uh, I can walk for pretty cheap, pretty solid course, uh, cool people that work there. So yeah, I've been I've been honestly getting the gym in in the mornings and and just golfing in the afternoons and <clears throat> not a bad life, not a bad life. Again, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. That's eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. But Court Cox with a tough one last night, hard fought game. You know, it's weird though. I don't know if it's because we actually played better or it's because my expectations are so low. But I tell you, I mean, I, I actually felt pretty encouraged. I, I do think this team will run into – I think it will break to the positive at some point very, very soon. I think this team will run into a win or two. Down the road, again, you look, they are playing better basketball. I I, I think we can all agree. Um, they are playing much, much better basketball. So, you know, we'll see if that turns into wins at some point. You know, I think Lamont Paris' biggest challenge is, is keeping this team, um, you know, mentally there, right, not checking out, not just folding. If And I don't think this team will, though. I mean, if they were going to do that, I think you can almost say at this point they already would have done it. Saturday's a great chance, though. Saturday at Ole Miss, who is right down there with you at the bottom of the conference, one of the worst teams as well. I mean, your next two, really. Um, actually, next three. I don't know how, how good LSU is, but your next two for sure, at Ole Miss and Vandy at home. You could win back-to-back. Vandy at home is definitely – Vandy at home and Georgia at home are without a doubt going to be your two best chances to get a home win this season. Uh, That following Wednesday, you've got Alabama. I don't think any of us (laughs) have high hopes and expectations for that one. Um, Let's see. Lynn, I will check on the ladies' cuts on the golf wear. I I will check. Uh, They might have ladies' golf polos. I could probably actually just check while I'm on here with you. Um, I believe they have Ladies Golf Publisher. And And let me say this, like somebody like Lynn or anybody else. So I really try to, on the store, publish the merchandise that's going to be the most popular, right? That's why I do T-shirts, hoodies, hats, whatever. If you have a special request, for example, youth sizes, ladies sizes or cuts, please reach out to me directly and let me know because I can literally make anything. Like, pretty much anything with any of our logos. I've had, I can do onesies. I can do baby onesies. I've done baby onesies, right? But I didn't initially offer that on my store because that's so rare, right? I haven't sold that many of them, but, like, you know, we I want to, take care of everyone everybody that needs them right everybody that needs them so if you guys have special requests let me know i, I can do it pretty fairly easily i can get it out of the store and shoot you the link directly or, or what have you I, it's just it's a pretty simple thing but i gotta know right i gotta know uh travis allen put a hat on what's 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 i, I i'm i'm letting the letting the mullet breathe today my guy letting the mully breathe travis says lsu 12 and 11 one and nine okay so we ought to have a good chance so the next three then the next three, we got a good shot. Next three, we got a pretty good shot, right? Um, you know, we got a pretty good shot to grab a win or two. Why not? So, looking forward to it. Anyways, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Do want to hear from you here on this this Wednesday, this something day? And we do have our good friend Mark Ryan. He will be joining the show uh, at twelve fifteen. We're going to talk some Gamecocks. We're going to talk some college baseball, of course. We're also going to talk some Super Bowl. Eagles and Chiefs, not that I know a whole lot. I'm going to really give Mark the floor there, but I know that that's something that he wants to touch on. So Travis Ellison, looking like a stranger. Yeah, this is me without a hat, my guy. This is me without a hat. Just want to keep you on your toes, my guy. Just want to keep you on your toes. Uh, Jonathan Hall, yeah, the the baseball preview show will drop on Monday. Full prediction, projected starting lineups. Uh, starting rotation, everything, everything. Austin Gregory, Mark Ryan is a Florida graduate. I I, I like, I, you know, here's the funny thing. People, he gets a rap of being a Clemson fan. See, here's the thing. Gamecock fans, they just don't pay attention to all of his content. Mark pisses off the Clemson fan base, the sucks fan base, almost just as much as he does the South Carolina fan base. Um, yeah, he, he really, he actually does. So no, from from my experiences with Mark, while it is a fun thing to say that he is a Clem sucks guy, here's the thing. I don't think Mark would get as bad a rap for being a Clem Sucks guy if his market if he was not in Greenville. If he was in Charleston, I don't I don't even know if that'd be a thing, but it's because he's like, oh, this guy in the upstate said that. Oh, well, he's he's definitely a Clem Sucks fan. Right. So I mean, you know, whatever. And and the way that, you know, I see Bruin Nation, the way that Mark operates his social media, it is what it is. But um, uh, Anyways, I, you know, no, Mark Mark is a diehard Gator. He's a full-on Gator. He is a full-on Gator. Uh, so, Austin Greger, you two are one and the same there. You're good at pissing off the kind of fan base. And, you know, it's what's crazy, Austin, is that, like, it like, I really genuinely, listen, I, I feel like I'm pretty self-aware. And I think to myself, and I'm like, I feel like the reactions to the things that I say about the Gamecocks, it, it's like, it's a 1,000 times worse than it should be. Like, there are so many times I'll give a take, and I'm like, I don't even think this is a hot take. Like, I think this is a pretty normal, rational take, right? There's been plenty I've had over the years where, like, I've thought that, and all hell breaks loose. And I'm just like, I don't even think it's a hot take. Like, my thoughts on Jordan Birch before the season started about, like, you know, hey, this is a really big year for Jordan Burge. You know, one more slack year, and some will label him a bust. That that wasn't even, like, a hot take. Like, that, that wasn't a hot take. People went so over the top with it, though. It was crazy. It was crazy. So, anyways, that's sort of beside the point. But, uh, no, Mark is a gator, for sure. But, anyways, Uh, anyways, Jonathan, the full baseball preview will happen on Monday. Really, really excited, really excited for that. Of course, no TDC Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I will be out of town, but the podcast will definitely drop. We'll have all the content. I'll have all my predictions out really excited for it, man. Really excited for it. And we'll be back at it in studio Thursday of next week, um, for TDC. And of course the podcast will drop Thursday with a full series preview. And I'm really excited today. Also, I'll be selling, Mark Ryan on why college baseball is great. Do y'all have any suggestions? Do y'all have anything? I want to take some suggestions from the audience before I get Mark Ryan in here. If you were trying to sell someone on the sport of college baseball, what would you sell them on? I've got some things off the top of my head. And it's, I think it's tough because baseball is a bit of an acquired taste. Like I don't think you can really make people like baseball. Um, it's kind of like you like it or you don't, right? If you're an adult and you don't like baseball, it's it's, it's tough to turn someone on to it. But I think college baseball, I think there's a lot of draws to it. And again, we'll, we'll talk with Mark about that here. I'm going to go ahead and send him over the link. If y'all have any suggestions, though, I think that, uh, well, I'm just talking Bruin Nation. I'm just talking college baseball as a whole, the sport as a whole. Like what makes college baseball? Why should someone who doesn't like baseball watch college baseball? You know what I mean? So, you know, leave the Mark looks at your comments, leave the comments. I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to uh, to see if anybody in the comments can also help and assist in uh, convincing Mark Ryan that he should, he should give college baseball a chance. Um. <clears throat> so anyways, anyways, really, really excited. Going to go ahead and close up the phone lines here. Mark is about to join us. <laughs> Bobby says you're a communist if you don't love college baseball. My goodness, well there you go. Um, and again, I I've actually, guys, I apologize. I just realized that the phone lines have been closed since the start of the show. Thankfully, I don't think anybody, I don't know if anybody has called in. If I don't know who this is, that has been trying to call in, but I do apologize. I on the other side of Mark Ryan, I, I will have you on the show. I apologize. This eight four three number. Um, this eight four three number. Yeah, I think the atmosphere for sure. I, I will say this to Mark's point. I don't know. I forget if it was on radio, if it was on. It might have been on here last week when he said that uh, the South Carolina Clemson sucks baseball game in Greenville was like one of the most intense atmospheres he's been a part of. Right? But even counting football, even counting football. So, and I, those of us that go to those, man, you 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 can attest to it, right? It's it's a super regional type feel. And what I mean by that is that, you know, in the regular season, you're, you're locked in, right, for sure. But there's a different sense of urgency in that Carolina Clemson series where it's like you're hanging on every single pitch. Every pitch matters. Every little thing. Like, it, winning feels like life or death. You know what I mean? It's got that super regional, that that postseason feel, if you will. It really does. So, um, yeah, anyways, again, we're waiting on Mark Ryan. We're going to talk a little bit of college baseball. We'll talk some other things as well. They also had a great interview and conversation with Mazeo Bennett earlier this week. The, uh, the Gamecocks four-star wide receiver commitment for the 2024 class. Really, really great stuff. And uh, yeah, excited to hear his takes on that. Andrew Murphy, where were you and Whit walked it off? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Andrew, and a great story. So... You know, I was, uh, I had just finished up my freshman year at Newberry and I was going to summer school, summer classes, getting some extra credits, whatever. Um, but I was at home. I was at home just watching in the living room in the dark, basically, right? And I'll never forget when Witt hit that walk off and it was almost like I didn't even have a reaction. I was just like, and I, I didn't scream, I didn't yell. It was like one of those moments. It was one of those surreal moments, right? Of your fandom where you're like, this just happened, right? This just happened. That being said, guys, of course, every single Wednesday we bring him on. He is the host of Offsides with Mark Ryan every single day, Monday through Friday, over the fan upstate three to seven. Very excited to be joined by the man himself, Mark Ryan. Mark, what's going on, my friend? How are you?
2: My Gamecock friends, what is good? How are we doing today? Uh, Listen, listen, we're keeping it positive on a Wednesday. We're over the hump, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on Gamecock basketball, okay? Yeah. We're we're keeping keeping it on the level, man. Keep it on the level. Looking on the bright side. What's
1: good, Absolutely. What's going on, man? I appreciate you tuning in. I will say this to start on that, though. We won't spend a lot of time on it. I thought they played better. And and you look at the (laughs) upcoming schedule, uh, I think there are some winnable games. You know, I will say this, and I was going to get into this, uh, in my show. We haven't touched on it yet, but I applaud Lamont Paris for making a point with Gigi Jackson. I do. I, I And I think it was, listen, he sat in for four minutes. It's not like they suspended him for a whole game, but I thought that actually played really well. Gigi Jackson responded exactly how you'd hope, if not better. I, I, you know, all things considered, I did think they played better last night, which again, Lamont Paris, I think desperately needs for this team to show some improvement, but you got some upcoming winnable games, Mark, with, uh, you know, you got Ole Miss on Saturday. You've got LSU upcoming. You've got Vanderbilt at home. Those are all teams at the bottom of the league. But you know, again, we don't spend a whole lot of time. But I thought, all in all, they did look better last night.
2: Well, what I would say is, is this, Chris? You got it. The <laughs> only way to look at this basketball team is through a big picture lens, right? Obviously, the team isn't going anywhere this year. Um, I I know that I know, Chris, that you kind of um, you kind of focus on the on the micro. You focus on the day in, day out. I'm only looking at the big picture. And so I'm just I don't judge Lamont Paris in any way, shape, or form by what happens this year. I will tell you that I do not think that the GG Jackson outburst was a big deal at all. Um you know that's been that's been RMO on on our show. And like Chris, you and I have had spats. Anybody in a competitive industry has spats I'm more concerned if they don't give a damn. You know who, you know who really stains my hands, burns my brownies? Those people, when, those, those, if you ever zoom in on the, um, the sideline on the bench, people cracking jokes when you're losing by 22. Yeah. Those are the people that get me. I, I, I'm never upset at the guys who have spats or have dust-ups because they're actually really passionate and upset and they care, right? You know Lamont cares, you know, GG Jackson cares. They have a difference of opinion. They're frustrated with what's going on. They've lost more than they ever have in their entire life. So you know what, man, show me that fight. Show me that you're pissed off. I'm going to show you I'm pissed off, Chris Phillips. I love it. Mark,
1: you, you never, um, <clears throat> I, I know when you're pissed off, you, you, you never hold back, which I appreciate. <laughs> and I enjoy that. Mark, one of the leading topics for us today, my friend, is you might recall, which we had a great conversation, I thought, on Monday. I appreciate you having me on every single Monday around 440 or so. But, uh, you know, we sit now single digits away, just nine days away from opening day of the college baseball season. And if you scroll in the comments, Mark, you know, I actually, I urged our fans of the show to leave their comments. Hey, what, what would you tell Mark Ryan to sell him on college baseball, which it's kind of funny, Mark. I was thinking you, as a Florida Gator, you should be a big fan of college baseball because what Kevin O'Sullivan has done. But I'm going to do my best to it. Just minimum, give you some perspective on what I love about it because yeah, so, I will so, so admit. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, go ahead.
2: Let's let's remind the audience what yeah. what's going on here. Um, I have not, ladies and gentlemen, worked in any market before this one. Um, I've worked in um, Tampa. In Atlanta. Uh, I've done shows in Miami and Houston. Um, and I've never worked in a market that cared about college baseball. And so like our shows are a reflection of what you guys care about. Right. So if it was if our show, if offsides was about what I care about, it would be all Florida Gators and soccer. You know, <laughs> like that, that's that's what it would be if we're talking about what I care about. Right. But that's not what we do. That's not who we are. So um, look, There's exactly 10 programs in college baseball that average even 5,000 in attendance. That that sport hasn't been a blip in the other markets that I've worked in. But I am a man of the people, right? We got to give the people what they want. So I've invited Chris Phillips today to do his best sales job because we've both worked in sales, okay? Why should I fully wrap my arms around this one sport that so many of you are so passionate about College baseball, because if I'm honest with you, (laughs) women's soccer is better than men's soccer. Women's tennis is better than men's tennis. And the softball World Series is better than the college baseball World Series. That's just between me and you. Go ahead, Chris.
1: Right. And I I will say this to your credit. I actually went to a uh, softball game last year for the Gamecocks. It is a very fun game, very fun product, smaller field, very fast paced. I, I would just tell you this mark in regards to college baseball and I, and I will admittedly say that it's tough to sell someone like if you don't if you're an adult and you don't love baseball it's it's hard right and I think MLB faces this it's just really hard like shortening the game by 15 minutes or, or limiting the outs or banning the shifts it, that that's not really going to draw the the casual fan that does not care. In regards to college baseball, Gamecocks baseball, even Clemson baseball, why is it such a big deal in this state? I think you first have to start with just the overall tradition and that rivalry as a whole. I mean, I think you ask those nationally, it's the best rivalry in all of college baseball. I I will say this, Mark, too. You have to appreciate, at least from my perspective, I love football, right? It's king. It moves the needle. The chaos, the madness, the predictions, game day. I mean, there's nothing like it. I love baseball, though, almost, Mark, for the chill nature of it, that, that it's not so chaotic, that it's an opportunity for us to. Baseball such a beautiful game because it's one in which you can tune into. You can be locked in on every pitch. You can keep the book, and you're going to enjoy yourself. You can also go to the ball field, grab a beer, have a dog, hang with your friends, catch really one inning of action, and you'll you'll love it, right? It's an enjoyable game in that way. Uh, college baseball as a whole, man, I mean, I, I love the parody, In no other sport can Coastal Carolina go win the national championship uh, against everybody else. In no other sport is Presbyterian beating South Carolina, USC Upstate, College of Charleston beating Clemson. Like, the unpredictability, the players themselves, the skill sets that it takes, watching these guys evolve and grow into, you know, the stars of tomorrow, if you will, at the college level, the SEC level, which, I mean, the SEC is stocked full of MLB guys. Um, You know, I I listen admittedly again, I think it's South Carolina and schools like Florida and Clemson. It's it's a little bit different. Like you mentioned, it's not embraced everywhere, but I will tell you in this state, um, you know, and it's one too that, you know, like I've said before to to draw a crowd and to draw interest, you know, you need to have a product right it's it's dependent on being good. But here's the thing, Mark, South Carolina and Clemson, they've been good for so long, especially the Gamecocks who won those back-to-back national championships. So, uh, you know, it's one. And, again, I think you can attest to the environment, too. When those teams are good, I mean, there's just nothing like it, man. South Carolina-Clemson's got a postseason feel. Fans are hanging on every single pitch like it's life or death. Um, You know, so – and, again, I just – I think the game as a whole, man, where football is about – I love football, where it's about brute strength and size and speed – Baseball is such a skill game. It's such a strategy game, and it's, and it's one. I think I do think you have to appreciate the small nuances of the game, but if you can do that, if you can find yourself doing that. Listen, I, I'm not trying to convince you to give a damn about South Carolina, UMass Lowell next weekend, or Bethune-Cookman. But if you watch during SEC play, it, it is a really, really good time. And especially, of course, I know you'll keep an eye on that South Carolina-Clemson rivalry series. But uh, I think if you keep a close eye on it, especially if you go to some of those games – Uh, the South gun and the Clemson games, I I think you'll find an appreciation for it that you didn't expect.
2: I'll tell you what, Chris, I'm already this morning trying to back channel, get myself into that floor field, Clemson, South Carolina game. Okay. So you may not have to sell me, you may not have to sell me too much um, uh, on it. That is a hot ticket and it's already proving harder to get in than, uh, than I, than I previously considered. But here's one thing I will say for baseball as a sport, right? It's, it's the one sport where if you're at the game and your team is getting smoked, you can still have a good time, right? Like, it, there is such a difference between watching it on TV and being there. If you're watching Clemson, yeah. South Carolina on TV, Chris, and Clemson is winning 6 to nothing in the sixth inning, you're not having any fun. If you're there, right, you've got the sights, you've got the sounds, you've, get, you've got all of your senses heightened, right? And it is a fantastic sport. It's a fantastic spectator sport. And that's what I think it, that's what I think it does for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I like this rivalry, and I'll continue to say this, and these comments are c- cracking me up. Put the bottle down, Mark Ryan. Uh, blasphemy, one, one commenter says on, on the show here. The single best sporting event that I've been to since I've been here was 2019 mm-hmm. Floor Field. Clemson, South Carolina baseball. It was like I was put into a time capsule and transported back to the 1960s with that environment at floor field, with the fan base, with the stadium split. Man, that was absolutely incredible. And I'm trying to get the wifey into the game this, this, this time around, Chris. I'm, I'm, I'd, like, I'd like to get her into experiences because it's the single best sporting experience that I've had since I've been here.
1: Yeah, and it, it, that is a fun one. The neutral site game is a lot of fun, but it, it's like you mentioned too, Mark. It's it's a it's a it's a social event. So from a fan experience standpoint, I would argue there may not be a better sport to attend in person than a baseball game. Truly, I mean, again, I love football, but I, I'll tell you, Mark, I just I actually enjoy the more so laid back nature where one game doesn't define your entire season. Like you know what? One of the beautiful things about baseball is you have tomorrow. Like, 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 you have tomorrow. If it doesn't go your way today, you can bounce back tomorrow. Like, and in football, you don't how, have that. You just don't have that.
2: Yeah, think about how tied in it, it is to our culture as well. Right. You're on your third date with a lovely lady, first base or second base. See what right. I'm saying? Like, it, it's, it's, it's so woven into our, the fabric of our culture, right? We all grew up playing it. Can I make a recommendation to your audience? Yeah, the best sure. old school baseball video game of all time is called Baseball Stars. And if you know what that is, you're a real one. It was on the Nintendo Entertainment System, right? The original Nintendo. And it was the first game ever, way before its time, where you could make your own team, right? So you'd make your own team with wins. You would earn points to build up your own team. You'd earn money. And like that, that game, man, my sister, I got this... Uh, I'll show you this, Chris, right here. I got this machine that plays uh, um, Nintendo and uh, Super Nintendo games. It's called a Retro Duo. My sister's already told me, Mark, I'm getting you baseball stars for your birthday in May, so don't even think about getting it. Uh, that, is the, that is the all. You could make, Chris, the Gamecocks in that game and build them up to compete with the other teams in that game, and it is an absolute and total blast. But, Chris, you're selling me. You're getting into it. And one thing you said... There's not so many games in college baseball. How many do you play in a, in a season before the postseason? About a 50?
1: 57, 58-game regular season. Something okay.
2: Like that. So, so the games matter, yeah. right? It's, it's not do or die. It's not life yeah. or death. But they matter, which is more than I can say for the 162-game yeah. MLB regular yeah. season. And what's changed societally for us is that we no longer have time for events that don't matter. Look what's happened to all-star games, Chris. Yeah. The yes. Pro Bowl just changed up their whole format, still got no <laughs> ratings, right? Why? Because we don't have time for things that don't matter. MLB has to try to figure out how to make their games matter, uh, and they don't want to do it because they don't want to lose the revenue stream of all of those games. But we, we, we just when it's one of 162, we don't care. When it's Clemson, South Carolina, and it's one of 56, 57, 58 to make the postseason – Brother, count me in on that.
1: Yeah, and I I would agree with you, Mark. I mean, even as someone, I'm a diehard baseball guy, but even me, like I get really excited for opening day. I'm into it for a couple of weeks. It's like we hit July and I'm like, dude, it's just like, it feels like the games don't matter, like you said. And then you finally back when you get to September, you're like, all right, the playoff chase is on. But last thing on it, Mark, I would just say this. I'll speak for Gamecocks and Clemson Tigers. Um, I would say selling you on those programs and why those fan bases care. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, again, tradition and when i speak on tradition i think for south Carolina, the pinstripes the yankee Grays, sarge Field, founders park all of the great players that have come through uh you know wits hit it Rosenblatt going back to back three straight national titles ray tanner and then for clemson hey clemson cut pants jack leggett i think of tyler colvin i think of the cajun cafe i think of doug kingsmore um i mean the list just goes it's it's the tradition really that you know like anything else it's the nostalgia and You know, some of those things that we love about college football so much, college baseball does have those as well. I think you just, you have to dig a little bit and you will find them for sure. Hey, Mark, let's switch up really quickly because this is breaking news within the last hour. I've got to get your thoughts. Florida running back Trevor Etienne has entered the transfer portal. Your immediate thoughts on that
2: aren't we done with this transfer portal thing? I, mean, <laughs> I thought this, the portal was closed. I is know. there, is there ever good news <laughs> on this stuff, man? Is there ever good news? I'm yeah. just, you know, Chris, it's, it's ruining college sports, man. It, it yeah. really is. We had Tom Lugenbill on the show yesterday and he was more outspoken, Chris, than I ever expected him to be. He said flat out. um, it's an obligation to play in bowl games. It's an obligation. It should be written into your scholarship to play in the bowl games. You know, it's, I can't understand why you wouldn't do that. He said, you know, December in college football is a mess. The transfer portal should be all wrapped up before signing day. None of these things with the coaches leaving and the transfer portal um, and national signing day, none of them should overlap like they do. You know, and he said it just creates, these are my words, a cluster bleep of a situation, right? Where the the, you know it's you don't know which direction is up anymore. So yeah, Chris, like I'm so disenchanted by the whole thing. Can you tell me when the transfer portal reopened? I mean, I I thought it had closed by now. Didn't it didn't it close recently? Well, I think this is out of left field. It feels like I'm awaking from a bad dream. Getting this news today, Chris.
1: Yeah, I, you know, <clears throat> I I think guys can just enter the portal whenever they want. I I I don't know. I thought it was closed and it reopened in like May. I have I have no idea. I really don't. I at this point, Mark, I just think we're just kind of making up the rules as we go on go along. Like whose line is it anyways, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it just where the points don't matter and and the and the names are made up. And I just I don't know. So it's the wild wild west. It's the wild wild yeah, west.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you one. One interesting thing, Chris, about uh, about the Gamecocks and when you consider the, the best recruiting class that South Carolina's ever had is number six. The current class for 2024 right now is number five. I think it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, where that class settles in for Beamer as as time goes along. Sometimes, man, you can ride that wave of momentum all the way to the end. So is this going to be a top 10 class for Shane Beamer? Because there is one element to that football team, Chris, that is not sustainable. It's just not sustainable. We've been doing that this week. And just so you don't feel like I'm singling you out, Gamecock fans, we did it yesterday on, uh, on Clemson. Clemson has had back-to-back years, Chris, with their leading receiver having 600 yards and 500 yards. Okay, their leading receiver. When they were in their heyday, okay, they were having 1,000-yard receivers every single year. If you're leaving receiver as 514 yards, brother, that is a major issue. That is a major problem. So there's only so many ways you can put lipstick on that pig, right? You've got to get back to chucking the ball down the field. The the smoke and mirrors element to what Beamer is accomplishing is this, Chris. Last year, South Carolina's rush defense, 117th out of 131 teams. Last year, South Carolina's rush offense, one hundred and six out of one hundred and thirty one teams like I could probably list the uh, Shane Beamer might be the only program in college football history that had those stats and finished the regular season eight and four. Right. I mean, think about that. Run the football, stop the run. It's something that you've been told. I've been told. We've been taught this our entire life. And the Gamecocks were really bad at both of those two. Really bad. Like, how do you finish eight and four with those two stats, right? Like, I, if you tell me 107th in rush defense, 106th in rush offense, I'm telling you that's a four and eight football team at best, right? So, that is the thing that needs to get corrected immediately. It's also, in my opinion, the biggest burning question heading into the offseason for South Carolina because it's like, what? Well, Jordan Birch took the bag, Marshawn Lloyd took the bag, right? Those were two of the guys that could help solve that problem. So who does that fall on now for next year? How do you go from 106th to top 50? How do you go from 117th to top 50? Because, man, when you do, the sky is the limit for what this team can do. If you're already shocking the world with those numbers, imagine what you can do when you get that addressed.
1: Indeed, we talk a lot, Mark, on this show about run the ball, stop the run. And I listen. I agree with you. With those numbers, it's wild to think this team found a way to get to eight and four. By the way, Mark, I do want to give you some good news. Um, listen, it happens to the best of us. I got got apparently the Trevor EtN tweet was not real, and it is a fake on three sports account. So rest assured, Trevor EtN has not entered the transfer portal. I, I, I got to
2: retire from this profession effective <laughs> immediately. <laughs> no I got got I got got I'm, no so. <laughs> I'm no longer interested in, in got <laughs> yeah
1: I, I, I i'm getting
2: Chris I'm yeah. getting news from you and the people yeah. in the comments right Dude, now when I'm on this show i gator fans
1: gator fans are on Twitter like freaking out, and so I just assumed it was real and I went and looked and it's a fake account, so my bad mark I didn't mean to startle you in that way um
2: <laughs> Chris, nothing startles me anymore, brother. I mean, does it startle you? No, it just no. like I fully believe it. I was the like word. "That's The that's word normal. is depressed, right? It depresses yeah, yeah. you. Yeah. It's just like Jordan Birch, Marshawn Lloyd. Oh man, you guys are starters. Yeah. Trevor well, Etienne, yeah. you're starters, right? <laughs> you know? The moment yeah. that uh, Mark and Chris got got twelve thirty-nine yeah. PM yeah. on Wednesday, February eighth, twenty
1: twenty-three. Well, you're, Madison you're running Duncan,
2: by the way. Yeah. Hey, Madison. Thinks this is hilarious.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, your uh running back room is safe for now, Mark. Hey, you guys were uh I had a fantastic conversation with Mizeo Bennett. For those who may have missed it, highly encourage you to go listen. But can you give us just kind of a uh, a brief summary of that conversation, and maybe just what your biggest takeaways were from him? Because I saw your comments on social media, and it sounded like you guys were really really impressed with how well spoken he was, and and also his glowing reviews of Shane Beamer in South Carolina.
2: Yeah, that's really what, what stood out to me. You know, I said, uh, I I asked him, um, you know, look, if if I'm on a dating app when I was single and I'm talking to girls, you're always trying to figure out as a guy, how often do you text? You know, and like we've all been on the other side of that, Chris, where someone texts you too much or too little. And, you know, it's it's a feeling out game. And he goes, man, there were a lot of coaches. There were a lot of coaches out there that bothered you borderline harassed you um diesel and i detected chris a system that he has to weed out you know to weed out all of the bs that he gets right Mm -hmm. um when we called him he had a system to, to get us through you know that that showed that he was really proficient at weeding out people that he didn't want to talk to so Um, I'm not going to let a secret out of the bag to what that system is, but it was really interesting. Right. Number one wide receiver in South Carolina. He said I, I asked him point blank, what is Coach Beamer doing that is different from anybody else? And he said, man, he was consistent from day one. He said the interest level never changed. Now, think about that, Chris. You start having a big year. All of a sudden, one school is flooding you with a lot of attention and come see us and everything. And he said that Coach Beamer was Steady Eddie from beginning to end. And Chris, you know, going back to the dating game, that's the person you marry, right? I mean, the person that is consistent with you, that is not hot and cold, whose interest level doesn't go up and down. And he said Coach Beamer from the very beginning was a friend, was a mentor. We talked about life. We talked about sports. And I know this doesn't sound like earth-shattering or revealing stuff, but in the world of recruiting, it is. These guys don't have a lot of friends, Chris. Mm-hmm. These guys, like the, it, he said, it's a really stressful process, and it's a bunch of people that you don't really believe they're out for your best interest, right? And Coach Beamer established from the get-go that he cared about him, that his interest level was consistent, and that he could talk to Coach Beamer about anything. And when you're wondering why the relationships help you land a Bennett, number one wide receiver in South Carolina, help you land a Nick Harbor from the D.C. area, right? You're starting to learn about what Coach Beamer is doing well, what separates him from the competition, right? And it is that consistent interest that never wavers from beginning to end. When I found that, Chris, in November of 2021, I was sitting across from my wife, right? And that's the same decision that, that Bennett and Nick Harbour just made.
1: And you think, too, that consistency, Mark, because, you know, Mazeo Bennett at one point committed to Tennessee. And the fact that Shane Beamer did not, you know, like you said, he was consistent. The energy stayed the same. Um, Obviously, it worked out well for him in the end, and and now Bennett is committed to be a Gamecock and a huge get for sure at a position of need for South Carolina. And, of course, with their great history and tradition with wide receivers, I think we all have high expectations for what he can be uh, in Garnet and Black. Mark, this has been a pleasure. Last thing before I get you out of here, of course, it is Super Bowl week. Eagles and Chiefs, we're all going to be watching the big game on Sunday. Uh, Eagles are a a one-and-a-half point favorite in this ball game over over Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts of course going for his first you know I, I was listening to you Mark when you did the when you did the uh, the CBS national show whatever on that, that one of those Saturdays when you did the national show and you were talking NFL and you were talking about like the salary caps and it was some stat where no no team that's ever had their quarterback take up what more than I think, of the overall salary. I was paying attention, yes. So, I don't know if that applies to both these teams or does it knock one out, but your overall thoughts in the big game, man, and what what do the numbers tell you? Do you have a pick also for the the game?
2: That is the key stat I was going to share with your audience, Chris, so I'm glad you brought it up. This is crazy. Spurs up show listeners. Nuts. Are you guys wearing socks because I'm about to blow them off? (laughs) Are you ready? Here we go. You want some wine with that cheese? I, I got some for you. Um, Never in NFL history, since the salary cap era, has a team won the Super Bowl with their quarterback making more than 13% of the salary cap. This year that cap is 208.2 million. So your cap hit for your quarterback, right? Now they can do that creatively, Chris. Sometimes you can have a quarterback making 40 million and then they manipulate the number so that the cap hit is, you know, lower, right? So that happens a majority of the time. The cap hit has to be 27 million or less, right? Mm -hmm next year the cap is 220 million your quarterback's cap it has to be 29 million or, or less that stat is 28 for 28 okay it has been unbeaten through the test of time patrick mahomes makes 17.2% of the cap so the stat itself is on the line in this super bowl right because and, and so you're saying, well, Mark Ryan, are you saying you wouldn't sign Patrick Mahomes? Are you saying you wouldn't sign Lamar Jackson? I'm saying, brother, I want to be on the right side of the line. Even if the stat loses this week, Chris, what is its record then? 28 and one. You know, you know what I mean? Would you take that record for the Gamecocks? If a stat yeah, that's was
1: literally that number is like the greatest gambling tidbit of all time going in this
2: game. Right, right. It really and is. So it really is. When it, when it comes to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, what that number for Patrick Mahomes meant is that they lost Tyree Hill, right? That's what that meant. They become much, much less dangerous on the outside. They lost their Nick Harbour, right? Because of the money that, that Patrick Mahomes is making. So that is going to be fascinating to me because Jalen Hurts is on his rookie deal. Obviously, he's making less than 13% of the cap. And I think the Philadelphia Eagles have the best football roster in the National Football League this century. I'm not lying to you, Chris, that's not hyperbolic. Number one offensive line in the league. Number one defensive line in the league. They have the third most sacks all time. First time ever in NFL history, four different players with double-digit sacks. They have a top two wide receiver tandem. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, only Cincinnati's is better. And they have a top four secondary. I can't even tell you, Chris, how good Jalen Hurts is because He's playing in a system with just stacked upon stacked upon stacked roster surrounding him and a head coach who's calling an offense perfectly suited to his strengths. Credit to him for being a great leader and for being coachable and all that stuff. So I'm going to Eagles, Chris, because I think one through 53 is going to overcome the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, especially in injured Jalen Hurts. But watch that stat and remember that stat has been undefeated through the test of time. It is 28 for 28. The only quarterback who ever won a Super Bowl making more than 13% of his team's salary was Steve Young, Chris, and he did it before the salary cap era where the money you paid a quarterback didn't even matter because there wasn't a salary cap at that time. So when you had to be careful with how you spent your money, if your quarterback makes over that number, he's never won a Super Bowl, brother. So give me the Eagles... Fly, Eagles, fly, baby. Madden did a simulation on this game, Chris. It was 31-17. I know you're interested in that because I know we're a couple months away from the Chris Phillips Gamecock simulation (laughs) tour that is coming your way. So uh, I am going to go Philadelphia 28-23 over Kansas City. That's my score. Book it. The stat remains undefeated, my friends.
1: Like I said, I think it's the gambling tidbit of the century, man. Because, like you mentioned, hey, the stat even if it loses, it's twenty-eight and one. So I'll go with it next year too, and the next year. Let's uh, let's
2: Chris. Let's quickly go over some of these uh, e- uh, some of these comments here, if we can. Um, uh, Madison Duncan says, Mark, thank you. Uh, you're welcome, Madison. I have no idea at this point what you're thanking me for, but I do appreciate it. Babes and waves says Eagles. Uh, he, I'm imagining, is on the right side, Mark. We need to know. You are a South Carolina guy now. So vinegar, mustard, or ketchup barbecue. Um, I am a, what is, Chris, the kind of uh, orange or yellow barbecue sauce? What is that one?
1: I think that's mustard-based. I'll, mustard I'll be guy. honest with you. I'm not a, I'm not a barbecue expert either. I, I just love barbecue. So, yeah, it's a mustard fan barbecue,
2: says, sure. uh, Chris looks like a bad chef at a struggling restaurant. Nice hairline. Hey, the nice hairline could 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 apply to me as well. Look at this, man. Look, like I got the Italian receding thing going on here, man. Okay. Be nice. Uh, let's see here. Madison Duncan says the Eagles, sorry, just left everybody. Man, you get a you get a lot of comments, Chris. Yeah. You get a lot of comments. Congratulations to you, brother, for what you've built. This is amazing. You got all these people just just showing up in the middle of their day out of it out of the middle of the day. I like. You could write someday, man. When the book of Chris Phillips is written, you you gotta you gotta write a chapter in it. And also, congratulations to you. Your uh, downloads, forty six thousand downloads for the month. Is that does that include people who scroll over you on Twitter, or is that only that on is, Apple? That is, or is solely is that?
1: just on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Pod, like actual podcasts and it downloads a play, basically. So that that was a record for us in the month of January you know, obviously during football season, we're peaking out about 65, 70,000 downloads a month. And, you know, of course it, right. It's, it's football season, but yeah, that was the record for January. So, which I think again, the audience continues to grow. The interest continues to grow. Winning helps recruiting success helps as you and I both know, but uh, no, I appreciate the love, man. It's, it's uh and I appreciate obviously everybody tuning in. It's, it's really cool. And the community we have built with the daily crow is, is really, really special. So I, I appreciate you, uh, noticing that and obviously what you built mark is special as well and hey i tell you this for next week do your homework my friend because it's opening day on friday and we're going to be talking about the umass lowell river hawks as the game guys get their season going. no i'm kidding I'm, i won't, i won't subject you to that my man the old river hawks come to columbia so we'll get the season rolling
2: uh, that's, should not be nice, a good time. that's not nice chris what you just did is not good for my health okay all right yeah. no i look i look forward guys. to it man and uh Hello to all your listeners, we really appreciate you guys so, so much. Thank you so much. Love you, and we'll see you next week, okay?
1: Mark, you're the man. I appreciate you. We'll talk all right, soon. take care. Great stuff. Mark Ryan of The Fan Upstate. Appreciate him jumping on. Always a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure. Uh, enjoy the conversation. Yeah, hey, we're just nine days away. From opening day, absolutely cannot wait. Guys, we are going to jump into our first break of the day. On the other side, though, hey, I want to hear from you. Your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377 here on this Wednesday, February the 8th, 2023. Appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, we had a couple of comments during Mark's segments in the Big Cock Club Discord. Uh, let's see. Luke R.J. says, how often do you get your hair cut and your beard trimmed? Um, I try to go see my guy, my barber, pff, let's see, probably twice a month. I try about twice a month. I mean, I trimmed my own beard. I actually trimmed it up this morning. Got, got to keep the neck clean, man. You can't get the, get the neck hair going crazy. Uh, the hard-hitting questions from Luke R.J. I appreciate you, my guy. Uh, let's see. He also says, intensity from each pitch and close games. Runners on base. Why college baseball is so great? Uh, Chase says, it's unpredictable. Anybody can beat anybody. You can beat the national champs in a series and then lose to PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speak to it for sure. Ah, uh, Greg Bedinger says I agree with him about playing in bowl games. I'm still pissed at Debo. If Clowney can play, everyone can and should. That's a hot topic of debate, getting not it, Greg? Because <laughs> it's it, it's like you're it's almost like you're you're bad if you if you say anything anything remotely, you know, negative about guys not playing. And I I remember I said it, you know, leading up to the uh, to the Gator Bowl. And I mean, listen, it, it's just. You pick and choose which hills you decide to die on. So I, I'm not I'm not one that uh you know is 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 going to like if a guy wants to opt out of a bowl game, I so be it. You know what I mean? I I gave my perspective on it over December that, you know, it just seems kind of a weird thing. Like you 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 give your blood, sweat, and tears. Um you give your blood, sweat and tears to to, to get to that point, right, to get that reward. So why would you not want to take advantage of it, right? It just kind of seems like. But, again, anyways, appreciate uh, appreciate Mark Ryan taking the time. Fantastic guests. Always appreciate him jumping on. Really do value our banter and conversation. And, again, I I think you guys see here, um, you know, has Mark had some takes and some tweets and some things that I didn't agree with? Absolutely, for sure. But I think if he didn't, I wouldn't want him on the show because that would mean he's he's boring. He's a sunshine pumper. He's – he's not very fun to talk to. So the beauty is truly in the banter. And I appreciate Mark Ryan giving me an opportunity to jump on his show and Mark coming on as well. And I think you guys have seen the segments have been fantastic. Mark knows what he's talking about. He's very well-spoken. He does a great job. And uh, that's why we bring him on the show every single week. We'll have J.C. Sherbert on tomorrow, guys. And I'll be on Inside the Gamecocks tomorrow morning at 11.30. Uh, Where did you see Jordan Strawn? Did he post something? We've been hearing for a while that Strawn is going to be back, but he never officially put out like an announcement or anything like that, which is kind of surprising, which is actually kind of surprising. Um, was there any anything put out specifically from him? All right, let's jump to the phone lines here. Awesome. Hunter. Hunter, what's up, man? How are you?
3: I'm good, man. What about you?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking what's going on.
4: Yeah, so uh, I've seen the video where uh, Spencer Rattler was talking to, like, uh, Chris Park and Wes Mitchell and all on their show. Um, I know he was talking about, like, uh, where they're going to do more tempo and, you know, not look at the wrist- wristband as much and not get in the huddle. That's what I like. That's what I like. I mean, they should have done that years ago, and I don't know why they didn't, but, you know, um,
1: yeah. I mean, less Apparently, thinking. Yeah. You think yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely yeah. think we all agree that the whole get up to the line and look over to the sidelines and, and go from there was, was just not the way to go last year. Um, You know, it seemed like when they simplified things and they played with tempo and they just kind of let them go play ball and let them play free it worked. So, you know, that's why I said when Dowell Loggins yeah, right. was higher, I, I, I don't really know. I don't think the offense is going to look that much different than, you know, I think they want to continue to do what we did the last two weeks because it worked, you know, it worked. So, um, you know, that's good to hear. It's not shocking, but it is good to hear from them or from Spencer, I guess.
4: Yeah, yeah, sure. They, they should have done that a few years ago or even freaking years ago. Um, when was coach. Yeah. I don't I don't know why they're just now figuring that out. Yeah,
1: no, for sure, for sure. But, I, I, uh, yeah, and no, I love to hear that from Spencer, man. Like I said, I, I think you're going to see a lot of up tempo. I think they're going to let him play free, play loose. I, I'd be shocked if they if they reverted back to any of the things that, that you know, gave us so much trouble last year, I you know, I would expect, again, they're just going to let it kind of let it all hang out. And I think that is – I think that is the best mode of operation for South Carolina football is let's play loose, let's play free, let's play with nothing to lose, and, you know, let's see where the, yeah. where, where the chips fall, if you will.
4: Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it, man. That's all I need.
1: All right, you're the man. Thanks so much for the call, man. Yep. Yeah, man, take care. Great stuff for our friend Hunter. Always a pleasure. We've gotten an hour number two. Um, Again, guys, appreciate you all. I will say this about the game last night. Court Cox, uh, that was about as solid basketball as I've seen them play all year. I know it was in a losing effort, but it it felt better. Um, I will say this, though. You know, Gigi Jackson did did not start the game last night. And I applaud Lamont Paris for that. I really do. And I I respect where Mark is coming from that, hey, you'd rather a guy – have emotions and care than be apathetic and just be checked out. But I think we all agree that the way that Gigi Jackson went about venting his frustrations, it was not it. It, It's just not what you should do. It was disrespectful. You can't go on a public platform, and, and you're basically blasting your coach. That being said, totally fine. He responded the right way, but I thought it was very important, honestly, for Lamont Paris to, you know, to establish and gain respect. Hey, I'm the head coach. I'm the head coach. We've got a certain set of standards here. We've got a certain set of expectations. There are things you can do and you cannot do, and this is not going to be tolerated. So I actually, Lamont Paris, give you a round of applause, sir. I applaud Lamont Paris for dropping his nuts, for standing on business, however you want to phrase it, and just making a point. Again, he sat in for four minutes. He sat in for four whole minutes. So, um, you know, I, I, and I think it worked. I think the team played a lot better. I think G.G. Jackson played a lot better, 23 points for him last night. So all in all, I think that was important for Lamont Paris to to make that statement. And again, the statement's been made, it's over, it's done with, what have you. But I uh, I was happy to see that. I was happy to see Lamont Paris, uh, because if he's going to be the head basketball coach of this basketball team for the long haul, if he's going to be that guy, he's got to have the respect of the players in the locker room, right? I I don't think any of us want that Frank Martin disciplinarian, over-the-top screaming, yelling, everybody in the – in the gym, here's you call him space cadet, whatever, but you also cannot be a pushover. You cannot be a guy that does not have the respect of the dudes in that locker room. And so I was really happy again to see Lamont Paris stand on business, if you will, and uh, and make his point. And again, I think it worked because G.G. Jackson had one of his better games of the season. Hayden Brown played well. Um, you know, it didn't go your way, but on the road against a team that's going to be in the NCAA tournament that you were a 13 and a half point underdog against. You know, I, I I think all in all you played you played pretty solid. Either that or my expectations are just that low where um, you know, that low where where it, it it just losing by 9 all of a sudden feels like a feels like a good result. <laughs> feels like a good result. So, anyways, uh, let's see. Let's see. Madison Duncan, why does Georgia's defense always shift set then shift to one side? Does that mess with the opposing quarterback? I noticed it got a Rattler. Maybe threw off the rhythm. Um, I mean, just adjusting to what the offense is doing. That's that's it. Um, yeah, just adjusting to what the offense is doing. So, you know, it's – would I have to ask Will Muschamp on that? Have to ask Will Muschamp. Again, guys, phone lines are open, Eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. um. I think we're going to have our guy Skyland Cole and he's been at some of the scrimmages and he, he's he's kind of a it feels like he's kind of our baseball guy at this point. Feels like he kind of he's kind of our baseball guy at this point. So uh yeah, it's hard to believe spring ball around the corner. Yeah, spring ball is around the corner. Um so Austin Greer says should have kept Frank. I I tend to disagree, but you know whatever. It is what it is. You know, fr- Frank's Frank's reaction after he got let go makes me makes it really hard for me to say we should have kept him. Like, really, truly. Um, but if you if you want to go back and think of it this way, I mean, I'll tell you this, guys. I, I was not the leader of the fire Frank Martin train. I wasn't. It did reach a point where the relationship had run its course, but I literally said at the end of the season, you, you might recall, if you really pay attention, I said, hey, if they want to bring him back, if they feel like that's in the best interest of the basketball program, then so be it. Like, I'm, I'm not going to throw a tirade and go crazy. I applauded Ray Tanner and company for showing that winning is a priority when it comes to the basketball program and that one tournament in a decade is not good enough to get the job done, but would I have been upset? And and could you have convinced me that it was a good idea to to bring Frank Martin back? If you would have said, hey, you know what? Our whole team will be back. We got Gigi Jackson. We got this guy. We got that guy. I would have been like, all right, cool. We'll see this. This will be the make or break here. But I mean, Frank Martin, he's got nobody to blame but himself. I, come on, man. It just <laughs> you went to a Final Four and you couldn't go to a postseason after you went to one tournament in a decade. I, I just hard for me to have any sympathy for that. Hard for me to have any sympathy. But you know, and, and you know what to say this too. Just because if Frank would have returned, we could be in the same exact position that we were in. Last year, the year prior, the year prior, we're 500 in league play. We're on the outside looking in. We have to make a run in the SEC tournament, and we could have been in the exact same spot. And then we'd be sitting here like, "Well, damn, we just played ourselves. We absolutely just played ourselves." So, um, anyways, so let's see. Anyways, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Guys, you guys are more than welcome to call in. Um, it's wild though, that there, there are some, not many, but there are most definitely some that, that are very anti-Lamont Pierce. I I think it's the Frank Martin stands that were fired, that, uh, that were fired that he, or excuse me, that were fired up, that he got let go in the first place. So I, I think that's what it more so comes down to. And, um, you know, and it is what it is. If you're still salty, man, it's just time to build a bridge and get over it. So let's see Austin Gregory, which football coaching staff member has the highest amount of pressure on them to perform while well this year, not counting loggers. I mean, it's got to be, it's, it's gotta be Jimmy Lindsay, right? I mean, it has to be, it has to be. Defensive line coach, you know, Mark Ryan made the point. You have not been able to run the ball, stop the run. It's gotta be Jimmy Lindsay. I, I mean, I, I just can't think of, you know, I, I go around just thinking about all the assistants. Justin step obviously is, is, I, I don't think there's crazy pressure on Step. I think Step is pretty, I won't say he's untouchable, but he's done a really, really good job. Um, Sterling Lucas is fine. He kind of just got here. Torian Gray's a legend. I, I think he should be basically on a lifetime contract. Lonnie Teasley will start his first year. The offensive line got way, you know, much better under him. It's got to be Jimmy Lindsay to me. Uh, you know, he he and Montario Hardesty probably both. You know, I, again, I don't think Step has like an immense amount of pressure. I think Step's done a pretty damn good job. So um, no, I don't think he enters in with the most pressure. It's got to be Jimmy Lindsey. I don't know why people don't talk Jimmy Lindsey more. I'm not saying we should we should pile up on Jimmy Lindsey and, and 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 give him hell, but like you know, the numbers are what the numbers are, and if if the run defense does not make or take significant strides, it's it's going to be concerning, and it's it feels like it's a tale as old as time, where year after year after year, you know, we we feel really excited about the defensive front we have yet the numbers just do not. The numbers just just do not reflect it. So, and I think that's a, That's a, you know, I think part of that is is being deficient at the linebacker position. We've been deficient there for so long. Um, so you know, it's uh, that's why we're improving that position in recruiting. And you know, Stone Blanton will be our guy in the middle. Pup Howard needs to play. Mo Cabo will be back. So I think they should be better, but they need to take a step forward as well. All right, let's jump back to the phone lines. Call from.
3: Skylin Davis.
1: Skylin, what's up, man? How are you? Good.
3: How are you, brother?
1: I am doing fantastic. I appreciate you tuning in. Hey, nine days away, man. We're single digits from opening day. <laughs> nine days away.
3: Are you ready to drop your final prediction?
1: Am I ready to drop my final prediction? I'll, I'll be ready on Monday. I, I, you know, I know we talked off air, off record. You know, I, I I'm... I kind of feel like I know what range I'm gonna be in, but I'm really gonna sit down and go through the schedule and, and and give a prediction I feel comfortable about. But Monday, my friend, Monday is when uh is when you'll know.
3: Okay. Oh might as well stay the same. 30 33 to possible 37 wins.
1: I, I feel like my only thing, Skylan. I feel like that's a pretty big range. Like there's a big difference in 33 and 37 wins. That's a big difference.
3: It is. Is just a lot of. It's a lot of questions. If I had to like narrow it down on the spot, I think we get thirty-four to
4: thirty-five years. Okay, that's
1: fair. So it it but almost it almost sounds like it almost sounds like it'll be a your expectations are going to be a lot like the twenty twenty-one season, where we had spurts of hitting, but we relied on pitching.
3: That's exactly what it's going to be like right. this, this year. And the hit is going to be inconsistent. That's going to be a game or two. Where you can score 10, 11 runs, and there's mm-hmm. going to be more
1: games than
3: you're just going to be bad at hitting.
1: Yeah. I mean, I it, and it's, you yeah. know, and that's, listen, that's fair because what have we done under Mark Kingston? I mean, that's, that's, You know, unfortunately it's, it's, that's been, you know, and I think the, the big driver of optimism, which we've talked about this is the addition of Bonnie Lee and him bringing in a little bit of a different approach, if you will, and just putting his stamp on things. But, you know, unfortunately during Mark Kingston's tenure, it hasn't really mattered the player. It hasn't mattered the assistance. It hasn't mattered. It's kind of just stayed the same on the offensive side. It's just, it's just really, I mean, are we going to be a better hitting team than last year? I don't know how we could be worse genuinely, um it's hard it's, it's yeah it's just oh but that's what i was gonna say it's really hard to envision us hitting like 280 this year i mean it's just it, that's just not who we've been you know what i mean and we all hope that because if we do that we might be in omaha i mean that's how good the pitching is but it's you know i, I don't blame you anyone
3: you're, you're going to Omaha. yeah you're I, going to
1: omaha. I, I don't blame anyone i don't blame anyone who has their doubts you know and is and is very, very Correct. cautiously optimistic because, again, we've just seen this before. So, I, you know, I, I love the pitching, the hitting is just the big, big fat question mark on the season.
3: Well, let's talk some injuries right fast before I get into position with You, uh, Compton, he's battling a back issue right now. He mm-hmm. don't know when he's going to be back. There's no there's no timeline on Compton right now. And that's Jacob Compton. Mm-hmm. And more than likely, uh, by SEC play, I do think he is your everyday DH. Uh, I, I do think uh, DH is a revolving door. Two up uh, at two, maybe past a couple weekends past SEC play, but I hope that they will get it settled by then. Mm. Uh, second injury is Jackson Phipps, battling an ankle issue. He looked really good last time out. Just you know, rolled his <clears> ankle <throat> coming off the mound. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Kingston. He's Kingston 35. said. Uh, Kingston said a couple of days ago in an interview that uh, that uh, Phipps has been ninety four ninety five. Looked really really good. I mean, he told the guy. I think it was on Monday. He's like, "Hey, keep an eye on this guy." So hopefully that injury is very very minor.
3: Bad news for the Gamecocks. Uh, one of the main bullpen guys. Which I'm not saying his name on air. You, 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 know his name. We talked about it. I'm gonna let him come out and announce it. <clears> but <throat> we can have we can have a picture with possible coverage John. <laughs> <laughs> He's waiting on a third opinion. Of course, when you third opinion arm issues, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Usually players go for third opinions. They just, they just, you know, they don't. When you get news like, "Hey, you gotta have time with John," and right. another doctor says something else, I mean, you're gonna go get the best opinion. I'll let that news come out when it needs to needs to come out. But you know the name, you know what's right, going on with right. that picture. Do mm-hmm. uh, you remember how a couple of years back we had Brendan Malone, Jeff Horrich and uh, who was the other? Was it Jack Mahoney? switching third base over and over?
1: Mahoney played a little bit of third, yeah. He did. Yeah.
3: So, I'm going to tell you right now you can expect that again this year.
1: You're going to see.
3: Jack Mahoney
1: at third. No. Okay.
3: You're going to see a mixture of a a revolving door between Thomas Lecroy, Mm -hmm. Michael Braswell, and Ethan Petrus. I just feel like that's the way is going to go with it. Uh, I do feel like uh, they won't have Lee to work out at third because that allows the best night hitters to see the field because I could put him and Messina in the lineup at the same time mm. and keep caught in at P.H. Mm. Because all th- uh, Messina is really killing the ball right now.
1: I, I think he went two for three yesterday. Cole Messina did, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Messina's a kid. I know they were high um, on last year. I mean, as a true freshman, you know, I, what he hit like two hundred, something like that. But uh, yeah. you know, I, I'm I'm right. good buddies. I'm good buddies with Danny Lloyd's dad and you know, got some Somerville ties with TJ Hopkins' dad too, and TJ himself, and they've all been really high on him for years. So I I, I feel like Cole Messina is, is gonna be one of those breakout guys for us this year. Take that big jump from I freshman to sophomore. Like-
3: I do feel like they're going to try to put Lee Coy at third and stick him there for the fact where it that they, can, they can have Lee Coy in Messina and the lineup. Because I tell you right now, Wimber's not coming out the lineup, Caleb Denny's not coming out the lineup, and Carson Horton's not coming out the lineup. So, mm-hmm. with that being said, first base is also going to be a revolving door. And I think at end, of, I think they stick with Carson Horcomb there at by the end of the year. So and what
1: do Carson you what do you think happens with first- Gavin Cassis then? Why 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 are you not as high on Cassis as some others?
3: I'm not. It's not me. It's the <clears throat> way, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Gavin Cassis is a power hitter. I mean, he's going to hit for power, but not average. And they have to find a way to get their best nine hitters on the field. So with that being said, if they wanted to get their best by hitters on the field, it's gonna be Carson at first, McGillis at second, Wilber short, mm-hmm. Lee Coy third, Messina catching with French now being back up, giving him a break a game for two during the week. I don't know what that when that will be. Uh Denny, Taylor Denny left, Evan Stone center and Diller Boer right. That will be getting your best night hitters on the field. And I know fans love Michael Braswell, but he's just not one of your best night hitters right now. Mm -hmm. So,
4: yeah.
3: But I do feel like everybody's going to get a chance. That's why I'm saying it's going to be a revolving Mm door. Everybody's going to get a chance to see what they can do when the lights turn on. So, and it's going to be a lot of movement. (coughs) The edge is going to be moving. like, if Carson's at – if Carson's not at first, guess it was a DH. Dude.
1: That
3: means Carson at DH. Mm-hmm. Carson's not
1: coming out of that lineup. <laughs> he, yeah, King, King has talked a lot about Hornung this preseason. Yeah, he's talked a lot about him. Yeah. So, And, again, you know, I think he's a guy – he and Evan Stone both in that outfield. I know you said Hornung's going to play first, a lot of first. But uh, I just kind of – I, I kind of grouped Stone and Hornung together because they came in together last year. Yeah. Um, so, but no, yeah, I'm excited for those guys. I mean, I, I think third base will be interesting. You know, we talked about it on Monday. And it's so funny, you you talking about the whole shuffling guys in and out because that's probably the one thing I don't want to see. I mean, I understand early on, non-conference, midweeks, you try different guys and give them opportunities. But, you know, we all saw in 2021 what happened, right? It, between uh, – who, who was the other guy? It was, it was Malone, Heinrich, and who was it? Michael, what was his last name?
2: What was his
1: uh, last name? what was the other guy what was his last name I whatever anyways what? you, you you platoon those three guys and none of them could ever get in a group and they all three transferred yeah. and we saw what Brennan Malone did so you know I'm not saying just stick with a guy stick with a guy you know if he's hitting 200 I'm not saying try different guys but it's not like you got to allow guys to get into a groove get into a rhythm you know again I'm, I'm good buddies with Brennan Malone's dad he would tell me that you know, Brennan could never get in a group because he just didn't know he'd be in the lineup. It, it, just having to worry about that uh, along with trying to hit SEC pitching, it, it just – it just you need to find your guy and give him a chance. I, I think that will be – you know, I know you and I talked that is going to be Michael Braswell opening day third baseman. I, I feel like he's going to get the first opportunity to, mm-hmm. you know, cling on to that job and keep that job and win that job. And I think we all hope he does win that job because he was a spark plug for this ball club a season ago, you know, I, I I'd love to see Brassey win it because again, I just watching him last year, you know, I thought, you know, when he made plays, this 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 ball club again, it just it just it it injected an energy that we did not have otherwise. So, um, you know, if, if the stick is there, I mean, listen, the bottom line is this: you want to get the best nine hitters in the lineup. That, that's that's what it comes down to. Um, that's what it comes down to. So, um, you know, I, I think Braswell will will get that first crack at it.
3: So with Compton's hurt right now, uh, Cassis is going to start at first, and Carson's going to play DH. But when Compton comes back and if he hits the ball in practice, mm-hmm. and when he gets his opportunities, opportunities in games, and he does hit the ball, and he, if he hits the ball better than Gavin, that's where you're going to see Carson go to first, and mm-hmm. Compton go to DH. Mm-hmm. So I think it depends on how good Compton's going to be when he gets the bat. So if for place
1: for guy. right? Well, you need those transfers to pan out, man. I mean, that's that's you know, if you, if you if what will spell success in the lineup, you need those new those new transfer bats to pan out. Bottom line, uh, we've seen it too if often again. If, it, if what?
3: Just don't be surprised if there's a, if there is when there, there is for Bobby Dorn at third, or first, and DH. And how long does it last? I don't yeah. know. It might last all season. Because it lasted all seasons at third with well all So it could last all season here.
1: do, do you not feel like Cassis is gonna get the first like your opening day lineup, do you not feel like Cassis is gonna oh, get we'll the first the opportunity? Lineup? Yeah. Yeah.
3: I waited off for of, uh mm-hmm. Cargo at D H. Yeah. Yeah. I mean uh, and again from there like I said, from the there, DH.
1: from there it will be your best nine hitters. Like bottom line. I I think Cassis you know, again, I think he's going to get that first opportunity, and, and they seem to be. Re- I mean, dude, lit- I mean, here's the thing. I hear what you're saying. Mark Kingston literally went on record like two weeks ago and says that he said that Gavin Cassis has been our best hitter since he got on campus. How is that guy not in the lineup? I, 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 there's no way he's not in the lineup. I think you up to that a lineup
3: right now. would be Harbaugh, McGillis, Wimmer, Cassis, Danny, Brewer. Mm -hmm. Braswell, LaCroix, and Stoll. That's going to be your opening day starter. But can they hold on to the job? Mm
1: -hmm. Indeed. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Skyler man, I appreciate – yeah, yeah, go ahead. uh, You you can
3: see, uh, if you watch these lineup drops drops or scrimmages, Mm -hmm. the current team has been mainly starters. And Carson's been running with the current team at third base. Mm-hmm. and so has work. Coy's cool, been running with the Garnet team at third base. Right. So, it just makes you wonder. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, like I told you, man, I'll give my projected starting lineup on Monday, and we can debate it and we can go through it. And I mean, it's, it's like I told you, though. It, it, it's like I told you that the funny part about it, the fun part about it, if you will, is we're spending all this time. We'll project lineups. We'll project this. We'll project that. The lineup 30 games in – is probably going to look a lot different than that opening day lineup. Most likely. Maybe, maybe not That's completely. There's a couple of guys that will play every game, but, I mean, it's just inevitable, man. In- inevitable, man. Guys get hot. Guys get cold. Um, and you've just got too much depth and too much talent to ra- roll out the same guys, um, you know, to roll out the same and guys, not give other that. guys opportunities. I agree with that. That's why I say it's
3: going to be a revolving door. They want to try to find their best nine gamers. Some people are just gamers. Some people just can't do it in practice. It's like mm-hmm. I feel like Will Sanders. Uh, he's he's a gamer when the light when in practice he's okay, but when the lights turn on, I feel like he's a gamer. And if something about the light and he hits him, he's he just in the zone. Right. I just feel that way about some people, and some people can get their chance to prove it. And everybody will get an equal chance. There's not going to be a set unless you're short, second, left, field, center, and right. Everybody else, you're going to get a fair shot to win the job.
1: Mm. So. Indeed. skyline can't yeah. wait, man. I know we'll be talking a lot of baseball leading up to next Friday and beyond, but, uh, yeah, really, really excited for it, man.
3: Next weekend, guys, it's going to be 60 Friday and the 40th Saturday or Sunday. So. <laughs> You want to have a pretty day of baseball into the ballpark Friday and make some noise for the Yardcocks.
1: Indeed. Skyland, you're the man. I appreciate it. Later. Thanks so much, man. Take care. Great stuff from Skyland Davis. Love to hear Skyland's passion for the Yardcocks and baseball. We all love it and looking forward to it. Nine days away we sit from opening day. Guys, we're going to jump into another break. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right guys we are back taking your questions, comments, calls 843-790-3377 That is 843-790-3377 here on this Wednesday, February the 8th, 2023. You know, I want to give a quick shout out to everybody tuned in today. Truly appreciate your love, your support. Also Gamecock fan aka Cinderella and Dak Gaming 11, better known as Dakota Lee Centerfight, who's actually a B team baseball coach at Horse Creek Academy for the Stallions. Great representative for them. So I appreciate those guys tuned in, giving us the engagement and the yucks here on this Wednesday. The beauty is truly in the banter, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Luke R. Chase's play Sandstorm. I hear you. Anyways, guys, we sit just nine days away from opening day. And I, yeah, I wanted the same. What do our pitchers do in the preseason to where? uh yeah, it's just it seems like injuries. tail as old as time, right with the injuries. I don't really understand um you know it, it it hasn't hit us too too hard the 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 Roman Kimball thing unfortunate, but hey, it happens right? you throw ninety eight miles an hour or whatever he does. it's bound to happen um, you know, with the news that Skyland, and, and I've talked to him about this i I think the pitcher he's referring to, I won't say the name either. Um, he's getting a second opinion. It, it's not one of our big guys. It, it, it's not one of our big guys. I will. I mean, he's, he was going to play a significant role, but uh, it's it's not truly one of our bigger guys. It's uh, But a guy that could have helped us. So that news will come out soon, but it's, it's not like it's Will Sanders. It's not somebody in the weekend rotations. I don't want to scare anybody. I don't want people to, to be like, oh, my God, be panicking. Who is it? But uh, you, you just hope after last year, I think we're all a little bit sensitive. I think we're all a little bit sensitive to the injuries and what took place. You know, you had so many guys that were out last year, so many guys that, um, you, know, uh, you know, could have made an impact for you. And that was one of the big reasons why. I mean, listen, injuries not an excuse, but 27 and 28, you know, a lot of it happened because you had, what, six, seven, eight pitchers out, something like that. I mean, you, you were forcing guys into – into positions that they they could not flourish or they were not ready to flourish in. So either way, you know, you hoped you hope to not see. I feel like I get PTSD when I hear that that somebody is is out with an injury or going down for the season or what have you. And um, anyway, so eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. That's eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven here on this Wednesday, February the eighth, twenty twenty three. DGD, what's up, man? How's everything in the world of the Georgia Bulldogs? How's everything in the world of the Georgia Bulldogs? So, appreciate you. Actually, guys, I was mistaken earlier because Cinderella just commented. Gamecock fan is actually Gamecock Dave because he tried to call into the show the other day, which I would have taken the call, but it was at the end of the show when the, when the show went off. It was at two o one, so we were already off the line. Uh, anyways appreciate the engagement appreciate everybody tuned in Uh, again really really excited to chat today podcast will drop tomorrow our final position unit preview we will talk Gamecocks outfielders going in the 2023 season we'll wrap that up we'll also touch on a little bit of basketball we got a great conversation by the way too on the show Dimitri Cordes of 11.7 the college baseball podcast those guys do a fantastic job and you know, it's one of those things when I find people that really, truly, genuinely do love college baseball. I, I enjoy those conversations because, you know, not everybody does. Not everybody does. So I uh, had a great time chatting with him. We'll probably have been up 10 of 11.7 as well. Uh, he is the co-host and we've had been on a couple of times. Had never had the opportunity though to chat with Dimitri, so I appreciate him taking the time. And uh, those guys rock with TSUS and what we do. And it was fun talking cocks, talking SEC, everything in between. And and they're somewhat pretty high. They're somewhat pretty high on, uh, on the Yardcocks and what the game cocks are going to be capable of doing this season. All right, let's go ahead and jump to the phone lines here. Call from? Robbie Davis, Zaxby Hall of Famer. Tick. Robbie, what's up, my friend? How are you?
4: I'm doing pretty good over here in the uh, Somerville area or the Monk's Corner area,
1: whatever I want to call it. I don't know. How How, how, you, liking, how you liking today. Somerville versus Orangeburg? <laughs> Bro, it is much
4: better over here in the Somerville corner area. Trust mm-hmm. me. And I'm not – I mean, I ain't got nothing against Orangeburg. It's, just, it's better. Mm-hmm. Better environment. Safer for me to walk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Glad to hear it's going well, my friend.
4: And uh, I, I just want to give my 10 cents with uh, what I thought about last night. Yeah. Okay. I'll try to make it very brief, as brief as possible. Mm -hmm. But I definitely noticed some very good signs from last night because outside of the last four minutes of the game last night, we played about as good a basketball that we've played all season. Mm And I think, one of the main problems that we've we've had is and i'm not saying going into the transport portal is a bad thing but a lot of the players that we have we got from the transport portal and they really didn't have a lot of time to gel and with a basketball team you've got to have a t- you got to have at least 5 at least five starters that are that play very well with each other Mm -hmm. and right now they've had flashes where they've played well with each other but they haven't had enough like a, 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 a long enough time to really gel if you know what I mean right and I was shocked that Hayden Brown played as well as he did Mm-hmm. because 19 points the last yeah, yeah not yeah 19 Solid points team. yeah I mean he he he's, and I'm not like I said I'm not saying he's a bad player right it's just he's undersized right now and we just don't have the size the tallest I think the tallest dude we have the tallest big man we have right now is great I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know how tall the I, is, I think so. Uh, I,
1: yeah, I think you're right.
4: I mean, as far as I know, he's the tallest. Gray's the tallest guy we got, and the guy that has probably the most experience playing in the SEC because he came from LSU. Mm-hmm. And I think I think and on like just like you, kudos to uh, Lamont Paris. Or uh, showing GG uh, that it's we're, we're gonna do things my way, or your 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 butt is grass, okay? Like like I'm the coach, do things my way. We handle things in the building, and and that and that's that. We don't take it outside of the building. Mm-hmm. If we got if we got some issues to hash out,
3: mm-hmm.
4: we don't make it public. So kudos to Lamont Paris for um, to, for doing that. And all I want to see, and I'm switching to baseball here.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: So Robbie, I'm, you you go and ahead. I know I gotta I'm,
1: I'm letting you run wild, Robbie. Yeah, you, you're the, the the world is your oyster, my guy. Have at it. I just,
4: as far as the baseball team goes, I just want to see consistency, good consistency. Mm-hmm. When when the timing is when when it when it's time when it's time to step up some like and there's runners on get them get, get them in okay I want to see consistent consistent pish, uh, pitching pitching uh, and, and and like I said timely hitting and when whenever the time represents itself if the if the opposing pitcher gives you a a good cream the hell out of it. Send it to the moon i don't care
1: mm-hmm. to the moon indeed to the moon indeed. I- let's keep let's keep the let's keep the uh the mantra going let's keep the mantra going <laughs> and
4: i think I, I i i i really think that um And I'm switching back to basketball, so just bear with me here. I really, and like I've said before to you as well, I think once he gets the, I think once Lamont Paris gets the right guys, I think he will be, we I, we will be good enough to compete, mm-hmm. but probably not good enough to win a conference a conference tournament. But I do believe. If we give him some time, he can do do that. Mm-hmm. And I think with, and I also think that the players just need to trust him.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I haven't seen he, he, I haven't seen a lot of it, but it's it's there's a few out there. There's a handful of folks that are very anti Lamont. It's and it's weird. It's weird. I, I just, you know, listen. I'm I'm. Everybody knows at this point. Right. I'm more than happy to. If I think a change needs to be made or whatever, we're, you know, we'll be vocal. We'll call it out. Right. I just don't understand how in year one you can you can be so ready to, this guy sucks, you know, he's not cut out to be the it's head coach. I don't one, know. What do you I expect? Don't so, I don't know.
4: Like, to those people, I'm like, it's year one. What do you expect? We've never really been a basketball powerhouse. Even though back when we had you know Sam Muldrow and Sam Frederick, I loved watching those guys play. Loved watching those dudes play. The main reason I loved watching those two guys play is it was almost like watching a highlight film. It was insane. And I was watching the the the, the what was it? 2009 game against Florida that you talked about the other day. I was watching that at my house mm. with my brother who was about to leave and go to college. I was watching that game with him. And whenever Zam made the game winning buzzer beater to beat Florida.
1: You said you were at that game?
4: No, I was in, I was in my, I was in my brother's bedroom. watching. Mm, him in okay. His bedroom.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha.
4: It okay. was like a couple of weeks before. You know, I think it was a couple of months before he left to go to college. Mm. I okay. think. I cool. can't quite remember. Cool. But uh and like here's here's the thing. Here's what gets me about these 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 uh Frank Martin holdovers. Okay. Listen, he was our coach for ten years. Mm-hmm. Ten years. Right. And we only went to one NCAA tournament, made it to the final four, and that was it. Okay, his problem was we did not build off of that. He did not build off of that. If he would have built off of that and the team would have been better the following year, maybe he would still be in Columbia Mm. and not be in the head coach at UMass.
1: Am I right or am I wrong? I think you're right, Robbie. I think you're right. I think you, you make a good point. And like and like you've said, and like I have said, being
4: a coach is a results oriented business. If you're a coach, if you're a coach anywhere for ten years and you only make it to a NCAA tournament one year out of those ten, guess what? The odds of you staying at that job are very, 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 very slim. Okay, that is why Frank Martin got his pink slip and was told to go home.
1: Right, and at some point it's, you know, I know it's year one of Lamont, so it's obviously there's going to be comparison between the two coaches anytime that happens when you're year one of a new coach. Um, yeah, at some point people just got to get over it. So we're in the Lamont-Paris era now. I mean, not only did Frank Martin get relieved right. of his duties, not only is he not here anymore, but Frank Martin – Uh, Felt pretty comfortable and basically saying "fuck you" to USC on his way out. So, you know, I I wouldn't want him back if he even wanted to come back. So, we're we're fully in this Lamont Paris Mm -hmm. thing, and we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, it it is what it It, is, and it played out the way it did. And, you know, we're we're uh, you know, I'm excited to see what Lamont can do a couple years in when he gets, uh, you know, when he gets his guys in. And we all knew this this roster this year was going to be completely makeshift, even with GG Jackson and. Yeah. You know, if you get G.G. Jackson, uh, get him to the point he's a lottery pick. You sell that in recruiting. You get better players. And yeah. you go from there. And we'll just kind of see what happens. Yeah. And last thing, last thing then I get out of here. Mm-hmm. I will give – I'm
4: pulling for the Eagles on Sunday, by the way. I'm pulling for the Eagles.
1: <laughs> Thank you for letting us know. <laughs> yeah, I'm pulling for the Eagles. I, I was curious right. who you were pulling for.
4: Are you being sarcastic? No, I'm – I'm, I'm, I
1: was genuinely – I mean, I'm intrigued by the fact you're pulling for the Eagles, yes.
4: Okay, so I'm pulling for the Eagles, okay, and honestly, if the, if the Bengals would have won, I would have pulled for the Bengals because my papa, who passed away last year, he played semi-pro football, and the team that he was connected with was the Cincinnati Bengals. So if the Cincinnati Bengals would have won – I probably would have been pulling for the Cincinnati Bengals if they would have been playing in the Super Bowl. Okay. Gotcha. So you're going Eagles? I'm going for the Eagles. Okay. I'm going Eagles.
1: If you want it, I'll give you my prediction on Friday. Robbie, I'd love it. I'd love your prediction. I'd love your prediction. (laughs) Yes. I need to know.
4: Okay. I'll I'll, I'll, (laughs) I'll give you my prediction on Friday. Hmm. I'll definitely do that. And, uh, and you're not going to be going live on on what? The days you're not going live TD- next week No, on yeah,
1: Friday. no TDC Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I will be uh, on the ski slopes. Monday, so. Tuesday,
4: and no Wednesday. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I
1: will I will be on the ski slopes, yes. I, I will uh, be out of town. So. Well, don't so don't hurt yourself. I'll do my best, man. I'll do my best. Try not to hurt
4: yourself. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Nine more days till baseball season. Can't wait. Go Gamecock and go yeah. heck with Clemson. Stick with growing groceries. That's all y'all
1: are good at. I love it. Robbie, poetic as always, my friend. I appreciate you. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk soon. You too, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, brother. Take care. Great stuff. Robbie Davis, the legend, as always. We have not had a Rebecca call in a while, have we? I don't know. I hope Rebecca's all right. Uh, Guys, we'll jump into one final break. On the other side, more of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-337. Seven, eight minutes to go today here on this Wednesday. Uh, Quick reminder, podcast will drop tomorrow. We will break down the Gamecocks outfielders heading into the 2023 season. We'll break down the outfielders. We'll also talk a little bit of basketball here and there. Um, Tough one last night in Como. I thought overall, though, a, a positive performance. Uh GG Jackson responding the right way to some of the adversity that took place. And I think we can finally now just just put it behind us and, and move on and you know keep our fingers crossed. Hopefully, this team can win a couple of basketball games down the stretch. Also, like I mentioned earlier, great conversation with Dimitri Cortis of 11.7 the College Baseball Podcast. Uh, we've got some big guests lined up, upcoming for next week as well. Speaking on the basketball side of things, you know, we talk about what can this team do moving forward. And you look what's ahead. I mean, you got a couple really winnable games at Ole Miss on Saturday at 1 o'clock. You've got Vandy at home next Tuesday. I mean, that might be that one or the game against Georgia. Probably your most winnable games left on the schedule. Then you're at LSU the next Saturday at 1 o'clock, who uh, is just as bad. I think they're right down there at the bottom with you in SEC play. I and mean, after that, you've got Bama at Tennessee, at Mississippi State. Those will be three really, really tough ones. Again, you conclude the season. It's crazy. You conclude it Saturday, March the 4th at 1 o'clock against Georgia. And the reason that is a relevant date is because you look at the Gamecocks baseball schedule. That is the same Saturday they take it on. South Carolina takes on sucks at Floor Field in Greenville. That is a 1 o'clock first pitch. In the Upstate, so I think all eyes will be on obviously the baseball game versus the basketball game, but it'll be interesting to see either way can the Gamecocks, uh, you know, squeak out maybe two or three more wins down the stretch. So we shall see. We shall see. Either way, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. That's eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. DGD says, do me a favor. Go to the Biscuitville in Greenville if you haven't already. Yeah, I have not had it. I have not had it. So, I absolutely have not had it. Biscuitville. Biscuitville in Greenville. Yeah, John Edward, 11.7, does have a Twitter. They do have a Twitter. 11, let me see, let me make sure I tell you guys. Yeah at 11 points p-o-i-n-t spelled out seven 11 the number 11 points spelled out seven 11.7 and again when we drop the combo tomorrow i will tag them all across the board so you will see it all over our social media again really big fan of those guys dakota and, and uh or, not dakota but uh dimitri and ben both do a really really good job uh i appreciate them and again love talking with guys that like talking college baseball and uh you know, really, really excited for you guys to hear the conversation. So, again, appreciate y'all. I'm still working on the details with the spring tour with Carolina Alehouse. We will go across the state. We will go across the state with Carolina Alehouse everywhere from downtown Greenville, Woodruff Road, Fort Mill, Myrtle Beach, Somerville, and, of course, Columbia and Harbison. The only location we will not touch this time is Augusta. Uh, the fine folks over at Carolina Alehouse did not want to slide down to Augustus, all my CSRA Gamecocks. I do apologize for that. But either way, uh, looking forward to the tour. I think we're going to start that in late March and we'll run through the month of April. Not exactly sure, guys, speaking on that time of year, what our spring game plans are. But you all will know when we get to that point. We're also probably going to be throwing some watch parties for the women's basketball SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament really excited the SEC tournament is in Greenville this year at Bon Secours and then the NCAA tournament I believe it is the Sweet 16 elite 8 round that is also at Bon Secours so there will be a lot of there will be a lot of basketball in Greenville so be a lot of basketball in Greenville and no, the reason we're not going to Augusta again it's very heavy Georgia Bulldogs country um You know, we had a decent crowd there, but, you know, I was excited to go back. But Ale House just told us, hey, it's not one of our top revenue driving locations. No, really no need for you to go there. So, and yeah, it's really heavy Georgia Bulldog country. So, you know, I think we could have gone back and drawn a pretty good crowd. We did last time. Like I said, we sold a good bit of merch. But, uh, you know, all good. All good. I mean, whatever they want to do, I'm good with it. So, we'll be going to six of seven locations across the state. And uh, looking forward to it. Really, really excited. We are potentially, not potentially, we are. We are working on a golf tournament in the CSRA. You know, I teased this yesterday. The first ever TSUS golf tournament will be coming probably this summer, uh, probably in Aiken. I I think Aiken is where I want to go. We will bring it to the CSRA. Going to be a celebrity golf tournament. We'll have a bunch of former Gamecocks, different types of guests, you know, media personalities, what have you. We'll probably incorporate some sort of charity, if you will, We'll have some sort of charity, um, and we'll go from there. But going to be a really, really good time. Uh, we'll, we'll get you guys details on that really, really soon, and uh, looking forward to it. So exciting thing, very exciting thing, no doubt. Either way, appreciate you all tuning in. Hey, again, like I said before, and like I said earlier this week, those that love us, those that loathe us, you all play a vital role in our massive success, and I would call doing this every single day for a living, getting paid and getting paid well to do it, I would call that a success. So I guess people's definition of success could be different, but uh, I've been doing this full-time since August of 2019 and have not had a boss and haven't had to work for anybody else since then. So really since, yeah, since that point. So um, yeah, I would say we're doing pretty well. We're rocking, we're rolling. I appreciate y'all and uh, looking forward to everything else again. Stay tuned for all the events that'll be upcoming, the events that'll be upcoming Again, I'm itching to get this tour rocking, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. The summer tour was a massive success. We had so many of you guys come out. Again, we sold so much merchandise, and we'll do that yet again. But uh, appreciate Carolina Alehouse, too. By the way, on that note, I almost forgot big time giveaway later today. If you are on Instagram, which I know most of you are, we are giving away a pair of tickets their general admission, but still a pair of tickets for the South Carolina LSU women's basketball game that will take place this Sunday. If you want to be eligible, go like the post, go follow a Carolina House page. You can follow literally any of them, right, and tag three friends. You do that, we're going to select the winner at 5 o'clock. Again, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to that game. That is the hot ticket. I think I saw something this morning. Uh, I think it was Mike Yuva that had said that, uh, you know, nosebleeds are going for like $60 and seven rows from from the court are going for like, you know, a couple hundred bucks. So it's a very hot ticket, one versus three. Both teams will most likely be undefeated as long as LSU holds up their end of the bargain. I think the Gamecocks will be fine. They've got Auburn tomorrow night on the road. Should not be a big deal, but that's going to be a massive, massive game at the CLA, absolutely cannot wait. So again, five o'clock, we're giving away those pair of tickets on Instagram. Really, really excited. And that'll really be the first of ticket giveaways we do and give them back to you guys. So that being said, we've hit two o'clock. Hey, thank y'all so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Again, those in the comments, thank you. I really do hope to see y'all here again tomorrow. The beauties and the banter, my friends. All right, y'all take care. Appreciate it. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. We will talk to you all tomorrow.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.